0: Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Ding. I hit record, and it is recording, and I'm excited about the hiking I did this morning, well, that too, but actually about the person I'm about to talk to today and ask her questions and learn from her. And I gotta tell you, um, I've been seeing her all over LinkedIn, her social game is on point. And some of you might say like, oh, Casey, you're pretty, you're out there on social, but no, 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 no. I am not fit to walk in her flip-flops or her shoes, whatever style she's got on today, um, amazing. So she is impressive when it comes to LinkedIn, networking, content strategy. She's a B2B brand strategist, a writer, social media consultant, and also an art and design aficionado. Um, many, many awards received for, from all those different activities. Currently, the Senior Marketing and Customer Acquisition Manager at Herman. Chantelle Marcel, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, hi.
0: You should so be a
1: should be like a marketing
0: hype person. I am. I'm your marketing hype. <laughs> yeah. I'm your hype man today. I'm like, yeah. what's up? How's it going? So you're here and, and we are just ready to crush this thing. And I know you're going to come out guns blazing and swinging. So let me pass yes. you. You know what I'm about to pass you. Here yes. it comes. Oh, wow. throw his hammer. Grab it. it. <laughs> I'm just like backhand one grab. Hand it. Awesome. I had two hands. Now who's we Man, I got to work out. That was impressive. That was impressive. that so pandemic take, fitness. I, is that what it is? Pandemic fitness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe you. I totally believe you. We'll have to get into fitness programs. Um, so take Thor's hammer that you just so just gingerly just swung around like a crazy person. One-handed. And, yes, right? And smash for me some kind of myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Just set the record straight once and for all.
1: Uh, you know, I think that right now there is this need for authenticity among brands yeah, and I'm not sure we're getting that this year. There's been a lot of joking about the um, generic template for certain messages that brands are sending out, hmm. uh, you know, in these uncertain times or um, even some of the social justice messaging that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are, Pulling back the curtain and saying, okay, this is what you're publicly saying. You can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk. You've got to embody these values from top to bottom. Um, so that when you're putting out these messages that sound very good, there's got to be something behind it. There's got to be some action or a level of awareness that you're trying to move towards something better, I believe.
0: You know, uh, I, f- I feel like this is such an important myth to smash. Um, just drawing people into the core concept of authenticity, the way you put it, because I I literally, I was trying to pull it up. I just literally received that email you're talking about. In this case, I think it was the COVID style, Uh, but you're right. People are hitting on the social side on everything. They're just trying to like look the part. Yeah. Casey, during these difficult and uncertain times, many have a tendency (laughs) to not look at our statements or contemplate whether your current investment strategy or advisor's approach is just simply staying the course. Wow. That was a long sentence and I marked it as spam. I actually copied it and put it in my chatter group to show people what not to do. I mean, why (laughs) why do people do this? What, how is this happening in the first place?
1: Uh, you know, I think there's a little bit of fear around, um, doing the wrong thing right now. And that's another, Mm. uh, point that you're seeing a lot about marketing, just this, um, desire to be really cautious because nobody wants to get canceled nobody wants to be um eviscerated on social media by these communities where you know i think that there's more of a tendency for people to call out brands or or Mm
0: -hmm. individuals
1: that are public and and very um have a lot of visibility yeah just because there's that level of like one-to-one access like there's a Twitter account, somebody's tweeting from it for a brand and
0: yeah. you can
1: tweet back. You can provide this real time feedback that um, whether you like it or you don't, you can critique right there. Directly. Everybody
0: right in front. Yeah. Yep. Your Anonymous Twitter account with an egg on it. You can just <laughs> start saying the most angry things and you don't even see the person in front of you and you're just sort of throwing stuff out there or you can, right you can pick on a brand if if they even if they're trying to be authentic to your point the fear of looking like they don't care you know it's mm-hmm. like um the fear of not caring and then the fear of of caring it's like all this fear based marketing it's crazy town
1: right and you don't want to be the only brand that didn't say something you don't want to be the only brand that didn't change your logo to match the the you know month whatever the um awareness uh focuses for that month. You don't want to be the brand that didn't do anything and then people are looking at you like, well, Man. don't you care? Right. Um and we're seeing that uh I think consumers are a lot more positively responding to brands that speak up for causes that they're interested in.
0: Got it. Did you hear about that that um there's like a social thing around cuz this is exactly to what you're brought, bringing up the it was like the turkey uh social media thing there was like um it was supporting women in turkey i
1: i did not see that no
0: yeah um and i think there's a lot of criticism of that one because i think what it what everyone was supposed to do for that was oh it was like challenge accepted and it was it was it was about the concerning um rates of, of women dying in turkey and violence against women which i think is fantastic to highlight But all people did is they like changed their Instagram photos to gray, Mm -hmm. gray grayscale, and then they like shared it. And like, no one actually knew what they were saying it for. So it was like, yeah, it started out as like a cool thing to highlight. But then everyone was just like sharing this thing because it was like the cool thing to do. Uh, Yeah. Brands, people alike.
1: And that's happened, I think, with a couple of different um, causes that
0: have
1: Mm. uh, caught on on social media. But sure. I don't know if the strategy wasn't quite there. For example, there was the recent blackout Tuesday where everybody was posting the blacked out pictures. I
0: heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. And so that sort of caught on and everyone was posting um, just a picture, a blacked out image and um, hashtagging it with uh, BLM or sure. blackout Tuesday. Um, and, I think after it started gaining traction, they realized, oh, now the feed is completely populated by just black images rather than uh, educational resources or right. the things that people uh, who are experts on in this area and D&I, uh, diversity and inclusion, hmm. it's suppressing their voices. So I think that... With a lot of these causes, there's a little bit of need to pause and just think about the strategy there before people just start acting and speaking out.
0: Right. Like knee jerk reaction. Put this graphic up, put that icon in, like um, maybe pause for a second, to your point, pause for a second, figure out the strategy. Is what do you recommend? How do we walk that line? How do you walk the line? How? what do you recommend a company does? I think a people accounts can be a little different than the company accounts, but either way, as you know, professional marketer out there. And then also, you know, if you're managing your company's Twitter or social, mm-hmm. how do you balance the caring with the, the, the other extreme where you would look, look bad or get, you know, get canceled or even just you did a bad job of marketing.
1: Man, that stuff. I, yeah. I think
0: That's why I get to ask you that question. (laughs) I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wish that I uh, had all the answers here because I probably would be. (laughs)
0: Totally.
1: Um, You know, I I think that monitoring is a huge component. Social media listening is big. It's a key part of any social media marketing strategy. You should be listening to what different communities are talking about, what your audiences are talking about, but also what the broader discussion is about. Uh, watching some of the leading uh, trends and hashtags and knowing where to kind of steer to be delicate in some yeah. cases. Um, you even see sometimes there have been missteps where brands have caught on to a popular hashtag. And I guess they just saw that it was one of the leading trends and they'll just put it in there. Oh, like, go, oh, you know, buy XYZ hashtag, whatever. <laughs> I and roll. then- <laughs> they realize after, oh my gosh, this was completely insensitive. I shouldn't have
0: uh, right.
1: I shouldn't have used that hashtag. Um so I think that, that the listening and the monitoring is key. Okay. Um, I would also say having a level of diversity of thought, experience, mm-hmm. background at the table when you're coming up with your marketing strategy. Uh, so making sure that you are practicing inclusive marketing, that you've got enough voices who are contributing to your strategy to mm-hmm. where you can pull from that range of, of thought uh, and perspective when you're shaping yours. That way you're not looking at something from a very narrow perspective. Uh, I think a lot of times people tend to build teams of people who think very like them who
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know just your friends people that you feel comfortable with people that you agree with uh who who sort of play into that uh level of of bias that we we sure. as marketers are so aware of that our our audiences have bias but we also have to be aware of the bias that we ourselves have yeah. so having a wide range of voices contributing to um to our strategy and and Lending itself to our brand voice is so important.
0: Totally, um, I had a recent experience with that where um, my friend Andy—we'll um, hop on some phone calls, you know, go hiking in the past, kind of thing—and uh, I feel like we probably disagree on a lot of things, but like the core stuff we agree on. He's a great guy; I love spending time with him. He's a, you know, it's fun chatting with him. Um, but I remember chatting recently, and I'll say something, and he'll he'll bring up like the other side of it and like yeah that that's true yeah that's a good point um or you know i think one example was we're we're making fun of the people or i was making fun of people that leave like a a sporting game early and i was like you know those people i hate those people i'm like i don't know why (laughs) i don't really hate them but i you know you won't catch me doing that i i'm here till the end patriots or whoever like i'm here gosh
1: i can never go to a game with you now
0: (laughs) do you you leave early
1: i'm totally one of those if my team is if the outcome is completely obvious, then sometimes I'm just like, I'm out of here. If I'm losing You you are one of
0: those people. (laughs) But you know what Andy brought up, he goes, he goes, hey man, you don't know that maybe they need to get home to the babysitter who's only a tween and can't stay up that late. Maybe um, their their cat is sick or you gotta get the kid home, change the diaper. Like you have no idea. And I was like, I know you're right, Andy. But to (laughs) your point, like having someone like that or having many people like that on your team, where you actually listen to each other, I could easily say like, "Hey, I want to put out this message. What do you think?" You know, and I've even had that in the past. This summertime, I'm like, "Ooh, this is this feels like something. I should we release something? Shouldn't we?" But bouncing it off someone else who just comes at it from like, you know, Mars versus Venus. They're just way at different field, and they're like yeah, that's a, I like that too. Or no, maybe we should change that. It's so true. We can't be, it's like an echo chamber, right? If we're just surrounded by people who are like, oh yeah, you're totally right. And you all think the same, then you're going to miss out on, I don't know, the other 80% of people who don't think like you or 50, right. 50, whatever the number is.
1: You don't want to surround yourself with the, the yes men or the, right. the people who aren't going to give you that, that breath of just looking at something from all different angles. And it's not just, it's not just about, um, race or gender. It's also about, you know, what type of thinker are you like, do you look at things more from like, there are people who are, their minds are just formulated to really be more data driven. They're more analytical. There are people who are more um, interpersonal who uh, have great people skills, social skills, uh, you know, really are caring. Um, There are people who are just really creative and imaginative and out there. So, and then of course you need the people who are organized, uh, who are planners, who can structure something, project manager type of person. I always find that in marketing, you've got to have the, the project manager role filled. Seriously. Um, A room full of
0: creatives. Like (laughs) we're going to have a good time, but I'm not sure what comes out of that. either. (laughs)
1: great stuff, but I mean, is it actually going to get seen through or is it going to be like, here's the next thing, let's pivot each week to something?
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. All the, all the different things you need to, you need to look for them. Um, Have you ever heard of a Colby test? No. It's really interesting. Uh, K-O-L-B-E was from a lady named Kathy Colby and she made up this test. She found out that actually a lot of the IQ tests of the past and those kind of things are actually, um, I don't, I don't think race is the word, but like they, they're scored and weighed in weird ways that like women get different answers or different um, cultures get different. So they they're, they're not good, right? They're they're right. not really like a. But this col, so she made this Colby thing to so where it, like there is no pattern that emerges. It's just people. To your point, the patterns are the people themselves, as opposed to where they came from and what they do and it's and instead of being like your personality, it's how you attack problems and and kind of like we were joking about, there's the organized person, and then there's the person who can adapt and you need sometimes you need the adapter, sometimes you need the plan person, you need the plan person, but what happens when the plan goes to hell like you need yeah someone who can get in there, okay, well, Low flexibility let's adapt, right and so yeah, there's like all these different opposites and all these different just four different numbers, but it gets you all these different combinations, and what I always loved about that class is the same kind of is on the same kind of topic is there is no wrong answer for that it, and it mm-hmm. was more it wasn't less of a, let's get everyone with a score of like four three nine three which is me <laughs> it, was, it was like no that would be terrible to have a bunch of four three nine three cases running around you need everybody and then what's interesting is you there's like further tests and further things you can do that say okay show me how many of the first numbers you have here you know um show me how many of this one show me how many of the organized people you have and a really organized company would go whoa we're lacking the creative side um in fact they didn't, yeah. i i heard a story about it was um like a poultry business and a consultant came in to do some consulting and did these sort of tests on everyone and they were all the same they were all like um organized date data detail people but they had no creative like, hey, let's go try this. Let's go try that. So mm-hmm. all they did was just look at numbers, like, how's the egg business? It's doing good today, you know? And they just never adapted. So it's like all about looking looking for people instead of being like, oh, we need to, let's make sure that we hit numbers or whatever. It's like, no, you actually will benefit. You'll do better if you have these outside views telling you things.
1: There are actually studies that say that if you have more cognitive diversity, more diversity of thought, you're bringing in those different people who are, are come from different backgrounds, different levels of experience um, then your team will be more innovative. Your company will benefit and it improves the bottom line. And um, I was reading something that in the UK, there are even investors now. uh, I think that it, it even improves your, your credit rating as a company or something like that. If you can prove Hmm. that you're adhering to these like standards of diversity and inclusion that are, becoming such a priority, especially in 2020. I think we're seeing that aside from what you were saying, agility and flexibility, being able to adapt to the craziness that's going on in the world, um, inclusion is also becoming uh, one of the predominant themes. So it's, it's like a combination of all of these, these different thinkers, different, it's just a celebration of individual unique Things that you bring to a company that can all right. contribute and benefit a team. Right. Uh, my sister's background is in uh, is in IO psychology, so she's constantly sending me all these like assessments to take and stuff. And um, so she she's really into that. But uh, one of the uh, one of the ones that I I've uh, looked at most recently, and partially because of the company that I'm at, is um, the HBDI the hmm. which brings in whole brain thinking. So looking at all those different thinking styles and saying all of those together create more of a whole brain style of thinking.
0: Hmm. So
1: helping companies to, to take advantage of that.
0: Interesting. Let to see how that maybe compares with um, the Colby and other things. Yeah. Um, but you're right, it's more than just a, a one factor, two factor. And I, you know, one of the things you said too, you know, especially with like different standards people are setting, it's kind of sad, you know, there's like the carrot and the stick. It's kind of sad that we have to be like, we have to like beat some people to be like, you need to have more than just like the same Kobe score, or the same, you know, age group or whatever. You need to like, well, you know, stories are, I mean, they're still there, like the same age group. Oh, what's this Twitter thing? Or you yeah. know, Blockbuster <laughs> had the ability to buy Netflix. You know, I saw that. Like what, what was going on? They must not, <laughs> they didn't have some young kid in there going like, you guys, <laughs> you should buy I this. would love
1: to stream. I'd love to yeah. not have to go. Did you go to Blockbuster back in the day? Was that like a thing for you? Does that
0: date me a little bit? Um, <laughs> I, I remember blockbuster was where you would get movies from it was kind of a fun thing to go there because they'd always have like candy yeah you could get so it's like let's go get some snacks in a movie Um, (laughs) you know and so I remember that
1: Um, no I did too it was like a weekend fun when I was like a kid or whatever let's go pick up the the movie and then oh no they're out of whatever the hottest title is so we've got to go settle for some movie from the 80s because there's nothing there's nothing the new ones are all gone you had to be one it, of the first people number. there There's <laughs> like
0: 18 of this new vhs or dvd and it's like oh we don't have more oh yeah no nope that's it limited- and now
1: blockbuster is a museum in oregon there's <laughs> the one so
0: is, is which by the way i or want to yeah somewhere up there oregon or alaska has like one left
1: I want to visit it so bad. It's like if I ever take a road trip to the West Coast, that is one of my stopping points. I can't wait to go back there and just <laughs> reminisce.
0: <laughs> you know, there's something about walking through those aisles and just looking at pictures. You know, It's, it's almost like at some point, maybe in VR, Blockbuster could come back <laughs> and have like a Blockbuster skin on top of iTunes. just to, <laughs> Because like scrolling through iTunes or Apple TV, sometimes they show me stupid stuff like they think they know me and like you don't clearly you don't know me no just because I like pondered that one doesn't mean I actually want to see more of that and then right. and then you know what almost like my movies become echo chambers I'm like no I want to break out I want to see a doc on this I want to see that you know um, so with Blockbuster with you could you just w- walked around and you're like oh look at the horror section ah ha ha or like, look at this section <laughs> over here and the yeah it was just fun to kind of walk around and see the wide variety of movies that people like
1: You know, it's funny, I was just thinking about that, about the chambers that we create around ourselves. Yeah. Um, Social media is such a big example of that where, you know, you follow certain people and they're going to be espousing the ideas that you probably already agree with. It's probably not (laughs) going to be some wild thing that you're like, I've never heard of that. Or Mm -hmm. I don't, I do not agree with that to the core of my being. It's mainly going to be like people who think like you and Um, a lot of times people in a similar profession or, or within your industry. So you're not getting to see a a whole bunch of different viewpoints there. And I found that myself. I'm, I was scrolling through, um, my LinkedIn feed and I was like, wow, a lot of these ideas a lot of these posts are starting to sound the same, even like I'll post something and I'll scroll down and I'll be like, oh my gosh, someone said almost the exact same thing. Are we like, like, it's like our minds are just, yeah starting
0: yeah. to sync up because we're because I don't even you're, know you're in it and I yeah it can be neat for a while but then to your point like sometimes it just tires me out I'm just like ugh, another post on Short MQLs sentences. being dead you know MQLs <laughs> yeah. are dead you know I yeah. did have smash out a few times on this show myself and it, it's kind of cool because sometimes you see like what sticks like everyone shares the same thing yes these are bad what, what about them is bad? And then everyone has some flavor, but then the, the high peaks sort of peak through and like, oh, that's what's really going on here because nine people talked about it, but then they all said the same similar thing around it. So it could be kind of cool, but at the same time, you're right. It could be like, wow, is my feed just everyone saying the same stupid thing over again? And am I, and am I doing that too? Am I just right. like, and everyone's like, yay, here's your like. <laughs> like no, I want to engage. <laughs>
1: No, you do find that they're like, they're especially some key influencers within, and I'm just going to speak to the marketing community because I yeah. follow it so much, but they're key influencers within the marketing community who they will say something. And then for weeks after, you'll just see um, the echoes of that. So you'll see other people sort of posting a similar iteration of that or, you know, reaffirming what that person said. So it's kind of funny that they're, they're, I guess that's why they're called influencers. They are very influential on the messaging and on the uh, thought patterns that you're seeing among marketing. Another big one right now, take away the gates, no gates. There should be no gated content. Right. That's no it, gated content. One I've seen mm-hmm. or write like Hemingway. That's another one I've seen over I haven't heard and of over. One. Yeah. There's like the Hemingway app where you can filter your uh, writing in and sort of get like a readability score. It's excellent. It's an excellent tool, but I mean Hemingway wasn't the only great writer. Uh, I mean there were other excellent writers who had a different writing style and right uh, so it's it's just interesting to see uh, some of the patterns that emerge in messaging when yeah. a community starts i guess forming that like you called it an echo chamber of sorts.
0: Yeah, you know, I, we get we get kind of tribal sometimes where we like the people around us and you know what's been crazy like I don't how how did our because like I've definitely um, Treasure Impact, do pardot? We are in the Salesforce ecosystem. There's a lot of Salesforce consultants, and they're all saying stuff, and we're all connected. How did we get connected? How how do you do you know? Because maybe I just experienced your social wonderfulness, and I was like, oh, I can't get away from you. This is really cool, you know. But like, do you know from your end what happened, or
1: I? You know, it's weird. I was think I was actually thinking about this this morning. I was like, "How did we get connected?" Yeah. And I don't remember. It was, I want to say it was Twitter first that we connected on Twitter first.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Because I true because I remember following you because your your Twitter has a link to your LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. yeah. I feel like that was secondary because I was like, "Oh, it's KC on my LinkedIn now." It's weird. The worlds have collided, but I, right. I don't remember exactly. Which is weird because that that seems to like, I'm connected with so many people, now we have a lot of mutual contacts in our our network even. And I think it's just a a matter of like, you friend one person and then Mm -hmm. their network starts, the algorithm starts serving up your content to their network, so then you end up kind of more interconnected.
0: Right, and then you're like, oh hey, oh yeah, look, you're right, we have 56 mutual connections. does that mean we're in the same bubble i, I guess I so. and i just yeah like daryl prail michael brenner wow all these people that we there's like know. a
1: marketing world an ecosystem that yeah. i think is forming and we're both in it
0: yeah liz mandy wow all these people it you know it's it's crazy and then and then we somehow get connected well i would say not somehow uh, max too. great people a lot of people have been able to talk on the show um Sangram. Shout out to Cal Lacey. Yeah, all these folks. Um
1: he was on your show recently, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um it it's wow, it's really interesting because um it wasn't just by accident, I would say. I would say, um I I feel like I found your marketing first. I feel like maybe one of our many friends here liked something, retweeted something, and I probably saw it come up a couple of times. I don't know. Like I don't even know, but I feel like it was your you kicking ass in the social realm that, like, I I remember seeing you being like, "Wow, she is like all over this," you know.
1: Mm. That's good. That, yeah. that means I'm doing something. What you're going for? But it, it <laughs> works.
0: Like I keep seeing her, and like <laughs> you also had like you were fun on Twitter, and I think sometimes people, I don't know, what do you think about Twitter? Like, is it all bots now? Um, and just you and me and a couple bots.
1: It's what Twitter's. Twitter is a lot. It's a lot to take in sometimes. Uh, With LinkedIn, you don't have to put that much. I feel like you don't have to be on LinkedIn all day, like watching it all day. Although I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Um, But with Twitter, it's just so fast paced and you got to like, it's almost like text messaging sometimes. Like you have to respond pretty quickly and ride that wave pretty quickly.
0: Interesting. Or you're not in it. You got to be there in the moment. Yeah. Right.
1: Um I don't know, all of the the platforms lately have been they reward uh you being there and being present mm. so much more than in the past where you could automate a lot of uh your posts. And now it's like, "Oh man, you got to you have to be there. You have to like have some real-time engagement one-on-one with people, responding to people. Um really taking the time to to build those relationships rather than just all right I'm going to post a bunch of links to my stuff right. all day and that's just going to be I'll set those up to to run without me even paying attention you In- won't really see the same
0: growth mm. interesting yeah what what's your what what's your take on twitter then like what do you recommend
1: so with Birds my out- strategy yeah. I find what that a if, secret
0: strategy because it totally works. <laughs> yeah. People listening, I go, totally works.
1: Yeah, if I go into Twitter and I just go in and start scrolling, I fall into that doom scroll pattern where it's like,
0: doom it's scroll. a nightmare.
1: I, I I can't just get on there and just start scrolling. Is that like um, the
0: Facebook zombie scroll where you just, you just like, or the Instagram where you're just like, yay, da da.
1: Oh, I do the Instagram zombie scroll. I used to wake up in the morning and be like "Uh, Instagram and just like start going through memes and stuff. And I've got a group chat on Instagram, but um, Twitter. So I've started to try to be really um, strategic about the time that I spend on Twitter because you can get sucked in so easily. I have formed lists of just the top voices on different categories that I'm interested in. So I've got like a marketing voices, um, list that you're on, um, as well as several other, uh, top voices, um, people who are just killing the, the, the game there. I've got another list of top brands that I'm interested in, uh, who do a great job of social media marketing, especially on Twitter, like Oatly. Uh, I don't know if you saw the report that oat milk, Oatly, O A T L Y, they're like a brand out of Scandinavia. And apparently, sales of oat milk during the pandemic have gone up like hundreds of percent. Like, I'm talking like over 300%. People just want their oat milk. Weird. During the pandemic. Yeah. So, their brand has just been killing it. And they are so fun to follow. I've been watching them. Um, then there's. Oh, wow. Fast. You're right.
0: Great photos. And. Yeah. They got like a cool model with his hands in his jeans and a cow head on <laughs> like yeah. hey what's up.
1: Have you um have you I'm sure you've heard of them Fast. They're like a new tech company. They're um they're part of the e-commerce world. They they help take the friction out of the uh the conversion process fast so when you're e-commerce. purchasing stuff. Mm-hmm. I forgot what their handle is. I, I want to say it's Fast, but I don't think it's that that simple since they're newer. They're a newer player, but their um, social media marketing has been um, really ramping up lately. They're fun to watch too. Um, it was also
0: like a, wasn't there like a meat one or like a hamburgers one?
1: Oh, what? Is it Beyond Meat or something like that?
0: Oh, no, it was more of like just like a meat. Oh, so the regular brand. meat? Yeah, it was almost like a White Castle kind of brand. <laughs> where they're just like completely indignant and sarcastic <laughs> people i kind of like when brands throw a little like I, i've seen a sass yeah a little sass right a little burger <laughs> king mcdonald's fight where they're yeah. like well, it certainly doesn't look like this <laughs> like, i love wendy's the fast food company right, wendy's is the king of that that mm-hmm. whole didn't they burn like something like a thousand people they were just like hey, hey, yeah, it was like a, wasn't it like thing like you'd say, hey, Wendy's, can you burn me? Like, yeah, asking them to because they, were just, <laughs> they, they burned McDonald's, they burned Burger King. They're like Get out of here. Like, how frozen are those burgers, Burger King? How's it going? What's up?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, they, they are some of the leaders, which is surprising. It's fast food, but they kill it. They absolutely kill it. What's cool is the B two B brands that are killing it on platforms like Twitter, because um, you you always think Harder. oh B two C are going to have so much more fun and they can they have a broader audience, but there are some B two B brands that are also doing really well. There's the yeah. LinkedIn crew that um, we all talk about: Sweetfish Media, Drift, Pretty, yeah. um, Gravy, uh, Gong they're all yeah they're all there and they have a very cool strategy where they leverage the voices of their individual team to uh, amplify the voice of the brand and to get people curious like oh who's this cool person talking yeah and then oh they work at xyz i'm going to go check out what this company is
0: you know um do you know udi have you met him heard of him from Gone? Uh,
1: so- so I have not met him, but I've interacted with him on Twitter. He made a. I, I was part of their. Um, I joined in their celebrate online event, okay. and uh, he said something about Miss Piggy, and I was just like, oh, "Don't disparage Miss Piggy."
0: She's, <laughs> it's like, she's watch a queen. your mouth, Udi.
1: <laughs> she's a queen.
0: Ser- Seriously, yeah, no one messes with Miss Piggy for sure. <laughs> we'll say though, like Udi Gong. Um, they're great. First of all crazy stuff that they sell but then second of all like Udi was a magician I don't know if you knew that
1: he was like a magician
0: like a professional magician in a former life and I swear I might have seen him at like a conference one time because they used to have like magic conferences (laughs) where you go and learn more magic tricks were Uh, you a magician yeah for sure yeah is this
1: like a marketing thing because I worked the first CMO that I I really worked for his name was Phil Schwartz he was huge into magic he was like He had his own um, advertising agency and he was a professor at UF for a little bit, University of Florida in uh, Gainesville, Florida. And he was big into magic too. So this might be a sign of marketing greatness.
0: might be a sign, which in case I need to send you a magic kit. (laughs) Please uh, do. Right?
1: (laughs) I need to brush up on my, this will level up my marketing game.
0: For sure. Um, this it, it kind of reminds me, I don't know if you've seen the, the Big Bang Theory. It was on last night and it was like a replay. And um, a couple of friends like, pretended like someone knew how to do a card trick because they just said, every time he said, is it a king of this? They go, oh yeah, that's right. That's my card. That's my card. And it was driving this other guy crazy because it wasn't actually magic. It was just them all playing a practical joke on him. But, See, I'd
1: need that level of support from my friends, I think, to be successful right. at magic because... I don't it's know if clubs. I'm naturally.
0: That's what my <laughs> that's... card
1: is. You got it.
0: There you go. That's an okay <laughs> echo chamber at that point, guys. Just tell me. Just tell me it was a good magic trick, and it will be good. Um, yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to get you some magic lessons for sure.
1: Yes, please. <laughs> so that's the one takeaway that everyone needs to walk away from this podcast from. Mm-hmm. With you need to get into magic if you want to be successful at marketing.
0: Yes. Yes. The end. And, I think and we social got it. media. Magic <laughs> with our powers combined, <laughs> like that makes it work. Um, you mentioned Instagram earlier. What's your take on that?
1: Instagram. Oh my gosh. I have such a love-hate relationship with Instagram. Mm. Um, so I have, I don't have a professional Instagram account like where I focus mainly on marketing. Yeah. Uh, I have managed brand Instagrams in the past, mainly for B2B, which it's tough, you know, when your Instagram is so, um, the audience trends much younger. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Do you play that world? Like should someone, is that a good space for B, B, B2B or is that mostly consumer and direct to marketing? Yeah,
1: you know, I think anybody can make a, a space good For them if they know how to just leverage it like you got to be scrappy you got to be innovative Mm. Um, there always has to be a first on every platform so i'm sure you know twitter uh, when it first came out not a lot of b2b brands were that active on twitter saw the value there right um so somebody had to be the first and had to lead the way and even Mm. now you're seeing b2b brands that try out very new cool things and it's like oh that's that's really cool. That actually worked. And then the rest of us kind of try to figure out how to follow suit.
0: Right. I know, I know like SpaceX has a great Instagram and, mm.
1: um, but look at the personality of right? who's behind.
0: Oh, sure. Sure. they also the have social rockets. media. Like, if, you don't, if you're not launching <laughs> yeah. rockets, what do you put on Instagram? You know, a company, you, like if you, especially if you sell like SaaS software, what do you, put on? <laughs> any thought? Learn, about, like, our, learn yeah. about our network
1: optimization.
0: Yeah. Here's a Solutions.
1: sprocket. Look at our sprocket. <laughs> over and
0: over and over again, the sprocket. Yeah. It's
1: crazy. It also depends on, I mean, a, a lot of, depends on the size of the organization too. If it's a smaller organization and your marketing resources are limited, then you should really focus and go all in on maybe one or two platforms and not spread yourself too thin. Because you can't, once again, you can't just, Post and walk away. You've really got to take some time to engage with your audience, to build a community, to build the relationships, to make yourself seem, your brand seem more human and accessible than you're talking at people or just using it as a promotional channel where it's just like, here's our links, click on our links, sign up for our webinar, the end.
0: Uh, Two massive points. One, the idea of focus. You can't dabble. Mm-hmm. And all these like you can't hey let's go hop on TikTok now like no you need to like <laughs> otherwise you're gonna be lame and then it's, it's almost worse than if you didn't even show up on there right you know? um it, i've it, seen it, the
1: one of one of the worst things is when you see like a, a brand account and it's been abandoned so it's like sitting <sighs> there and it's just a testament to like your failed foray into a new right. new area. Where it's last like, tweet, oh, what did you? 2012,
0: <laughs> you know, 1998 was <laughs> your last first and last like, tweet. And you're like, ugh.
1: Did this company fold or did they go right. under? Are they that's even not... there?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about the second part of the uh, thing you brought up about um, not just talking at people? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a, such a huge point. How, how do you approach that? Because I think it's really easy to load tweets these days into hootsuite or hubspot or whatever tool you can programmatically load csv file upload boom mm-hmm. now you got tweets for days <laughs> like how do you and you're not talking at all you're just shouting at people how do you yep. make more mutual conversation interactive back and forth
1: um you know i think for one you got to have somebody who is social media savvy who understands okay. that world and can um manage your strategy for you you can't just pass it off the the keys to your accounts to like a junior level person and be like just do whatever right. um just to say that you're doing it um because that that social media strategy has to fit into the bigger brand strategy that you're you're trying to build it can't just live on its own it's got to be a piece that that Um, enhances the rest of what you're trying to do it has to match uh, or it should match the voice that you're using for your overall brand although in some cases you do see that brands take a more playful tone on social media than they might um, on their website or in other places right which I think works too as long as you're consistent and that you're mindfully making that decision not just saying okay well we're just going to do a bunch of memes and you know Hashtag, I don't know. What are the cool things that kids do? Hashtag, no cap. Hashtag,
0: right? <laughs> now, hashtag, I don't even whatever. know what to say. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: um, ha- ha- hashtag ice bucket challenge. A late <laughs> oh my for gosh. That. A Little way for <laughs> yeah. that, Casey. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Old school.
0: We Glad did that you got, one. You not know, that be funny if you just like just, you're like, hey, I heard about this new thing and just that you did it and people are like, <laughs> Is this, are you trolling us? <laughs> did you, did you <laughs> yeah. really just learn about this yesterday? You could bring uh, it back. You could. You could bring it back. You'd be like, you know what? I'm stuck at home. Nothing else to do. <laughs> Let's all just douse yourself with ice because <laughs> what could get worse? 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. Matching the overall brand or being. A, i love that being intentional about it you know not just handing the reins to you know the new hey bob could you just do that twitter thing you know yep. what if bob's angry that day like, it's not <laughs> going to be a good representation you know hey cheryl come yeah. over here he this needs someone who knows what they're doing and is an understanding that like uh, so many times you see brands that like they get in trouble or someone's yelling at them on facebook and they start deleting comments which just makes the trolls angry. <laughs> yeah. come out of their bridge they, and they really start burning you. Um, so it's like you, you got to sort of know the rules of the road, how to play the game, maybe have a little humor in there so you're not a robot. Yeah, it's so huge to so just think about it, not just cast it off as one of those things other, that you just, ah, it happens because it can get you in trouble, you know? Right. Or it could be awesome. A lot of
1: times the trolls just have so much more time than you will ever have. So as much as you try to delete that stuff, it's going to come back. Yeah. And I mean, people now can have conversations about you without necessarily participating. So if you delete their stuff off of your page, they'll go and tweet it out or go and post it on a different page. then those yeah. conversations are still being had. They're still spreading throughout the community or the audience that you're also targeting. Um, so it, it just... And it's worse if it's over there because then it's it's a new location that you have to go and, and seek it out and find it and try to jump in and, and do some damage control.
0: That's a huge point, right? Now they're on Reddit. Good luck with that one. Um, mm-hmm. There's a whole now there's a whole you know whole channel all about how your company sucks on yeah. Reddit, and now people that didn't even know about it are all about it. And it's spiraled from there as opposed to maybe keeping it somewhere where you can control it and be nice to people, you know?
1: That's what it's Um, about. Be nice.
0: What? So we've we've talked about, by the way, um, Instagram, they have my number when it comes to their ads. For some reason, they figured me out. Maybe I'm just simple or they have figured me out. Facebook still hasn't figured me out. And I keep trying to like stuff so they can stop showing me dumb ads and (laughs) showing me good ones. And I got a little bit better, but Instagram, they like know me. They're like, look at this cool thing. Wouldn't that be cool in your wall? And I'm like, yes, it would. Let me buy this. You know, like they just have you experienced that on that platform or any other platform where they just, you're like, whoa, these ads kind of do speak to me.
1: Instagram does seem to deliver up some great ad content yeah Um, Facebook I mean they're they're killing it when it comes to the entire ad game they own most of the ad space digital ad space um, as far especially out of social media platforms Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean they're the clear clear clear-cut winner there Um, between Facebook Instagram WhatsApp um, the three of those are just it's a killer combination uh, and you're seeing a lot of people moving away from Facebook. I don't know if that's turned around in the pandemic. A lot of um, we're seeing a lot of a lot more social media use this year than ever before in Q1 yeah. and Q2. At
0: home, bored, <laughs> angry, bored and angry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Instagram just they have great ad content, and the the I think the format that they deliver it up in is so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just the images and videos and just a very feels very interactive it's just a cool I yeah. love Instagram I love Instagram
0: me too love hate right because otherwise you can suck you in there and you mm. you're like wait where have I I've been scrolling for 20 <laughs> minutes what's going on like um, Real I, I curate my Instagram like I try to you know Facebook there's a lot of people connected to Twitter I'm trying to be nice but with Instagram I'm not trying to impress anyone I'm not trying to make any connections i just literally want to see things that make me happy so yep. i only follow things you know, and there's mountains there's um where are there there's spacex stuff you know rockets and it's just like people working out being healthy i'm like great this is my happy app <laughs> on, on facebook they're all like angry and all and sometimes rightfully so sometimes they're just angry people um or you know the comments you know the comment battles and you're like oh uh, but Instagram is my little happy place. So maybe that's why they've got me figured out for the other time.
1: <laughs> Instagram is, I love the content on there. I could spend yeah. hours and hours. Yeah. Have you, so Reels was introduced. There's a big debate about Reels versus TikTok. And okay. then there's Triller. Catch me up
0: because like, I don't even know. what What is that?
1: Yeah, so um, Instagram has their own sort of version of TikTok. I just saw it introduced on my, uh, my Like they app.
0: just did it now? Um, oh, a yeah, day ago. It, Wow.
1: I think it was a day or two ago, yeah. Yesterday, I just saw the announcement in my Instagram stories. Instagram was like introducing reels. Um, so a lot of people are talking about that. And if TikTok ends up, whatever happens with TikTok, they're saying that um, Facebook has such an audience on Instagram that, Real stands to be a huge competitor mm-hmm. regardless even though they're late to the game it's more so about the audience than the feature itself so they're they stand to benefit so much from just the level of of access that they have to everyone on their platform
0: hey, everyone um as you were, as you were, kind of like helping me understand what was going on, I was like, I don't know, is that is that dirty or is that just good business? But I'm like, you know, TikTok's getting kicked around, like, oh, you're gonna get cast. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose my million TikTok followers, and all these things could happen. Is Microsoft okay. gonna buy them? Nothing really good comes from Microsoft buying. <laughs> Sorry, Microsoft. Thanks for not we breaking still use LinkedIn. LinkedIn? Uh, yep. Yeah. Thanks for not breaking oh. LinkedIn. I broke <laughs> Skype, and now I use Google Drive, so I don't need word anymore, but, <laughs> but yeah like okay buy TikTok. but you're right people might be like ooh this if it could happen once it could happen again maybe it's safer doing it over here on instagram while my cool photos are um
1: because we know but, instagram's not going anywhere
0: so right instagram's like definitely not going anywhere facebook is like probably put their roots down underneath the the congress so that, <laughs> that out. Uh, interesting. So, what's your take? What What's your thought on on if you were to predict the future with that? Where does it does it go? Does it take over?
1: Um, I have a strong feeling that reels is going to do really well, and that's just based on um, what ah, I saw with nice s- joke. <laughs> um, I mean, that's based on what I saw with Snapchat. You know, like yeah. Snapchat was huge at one point, and then they had a couple of hiccups. I still use Snapchat, um, just because I, I think it's a much more personal, direct way to talk to a limited few, and I like a lot of the um, stuff that they've done to expand their media offerings. Mm. So they have a lot of they have a whole news section um, where they serve up like news stories and multimedia content, which I really like. Um, but they're just not as big as they once were. They're they're not right. as present in the conversation about social media marketing as they were years ago right. um and I that may they,
0: they had an offer to get purchased by like facebook or someone
1: yeah i was gonna say and that may stem from them not going that route and trying to hold out a bit i guess I, I don't really know the details of what happened there as you know i've watched silicon valley i know that there's a lot behind the scenes that that we don't know about that goes on in those uh those dealings in Jeez. in that <laughs> yeah in the tech world but um i'm looking at yeah, this thing
0: just now it says they turned them down several times like a second time a 3 billion dollar offer from facebook
1: yeah
0: in 2013 and you're right i mean i think i still have snapchat but like super limited to your point like one or two people i used to that's how i got my babysitter to come over because that was the only way you could communicate with her and i'd be <laughs> like hey are you free on thursday at 7 and mm-hmm. she, she'd write back, yes. The problem was my message disappeared, right? Because Snapchat just disappears. <laughs> so I don't remember when I asked her, like, <laughs> you, you're available. What, what day did I ask you? <laughs> like, crazy. But you're right. It's not nearly as where it was. Yeah. I wonder if that 3 billion is looking pretty good right about now. I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't know. And so I mean, was your babysitter, is she part of that Gen Z younger group?
0: Got to be. Yeah, just graduating high school right about now.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I was trying to do some intel and I put out a poll about it um, to see do people use Snapchat still for personal, for business? Is it just completely gone? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the, the general feedback was that there's a lot of use among Gen Z. Um, if people are using it, then it is more of the limited scope um, but definitely not as much usage for business, um, and I I can't think of a single use case for B two B. Although this just this week they did launch a a global B two B campaign where they're trying to get marketing B two B marketers onto the platform. So that'll be interesting to watch and hmm. see if they figure out how to have a get us on there.
0: Are we still talking about Snapchat? They say B two B on Snapchat. Yeah, That seems like a stretch to me, but you know, I guess, <laughs> like you said, we need diversity of thought. Like who who knows, right? Anything could happen, but man, I don't know. Snapchat. Snapchat has a kind of like a, almost like a dirty connotation to it as well because messages disappear and like, Ooh, you're, you know, you're, you're safe now or something. I don't know. Um,
1: Although we did find out that that was a mi- misconception, so
0: oh, the happened?
1: the stuff doesn't your content doesn't actually delete. You can still access; it still exists. I mean, it's out there. Really? I think it, yeah, I think that was the big scandal. Uh-oh. Like
0: <laughs> right now, a couple people are going like, Oops." Hey, you know the takeaways we have on the show. Sometimes it, it's the myth right at the beginning. Sometimes it takes a few minutes to get into it, where we find out that Snapchat, you know, still has everything you've ever, never written. So yep, crazy, crazy. Um, any, any of the, you mentioned like WhatsApp? What's your take on that? Anything other than just communication? Is it kind of more Skype-like, or is it something that?
1: So. What's weird is I've heard so much discussion um, recently about um, the success that brands are having with SMS style Hmm. um, marketing to consumers and to users on WhatsApp, which I have not used that at all. Um, But I've heard great stuff about it. I know WhatsApp is huge with the international community. Yes. Um, At one point I, I was a huge fan of Meghan Markle. I am a huge fan of Meghan Markle, the princess, the American princess, yes, and um, <laughs> and the royal family, actually. Uh, I think they were. it was quoted in some some article that they use WhatsApp. They're all on WhatsApp, so
0: it's huge. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
1: um, I
0: can see the queen being like, what is this? Uh, she's probably telling her butler, <laughs> text my grandson and tell him that something, somehow she got Scottish. Text my grandson and tell him <laughs> you know, to pick me up or something. Um,
1: I, I like that actually.
0: Yeah, thank you. Terrible.
1: <laughs> I didn't even try. You I'm just noticed. here to make I you look not. good.
0: Again, I'm your hype person. Like, <laughs> don't mind the person in the blue hat over here. Just focus over there. <laughs> Come on, camera guy. Back over there. Um, yeah. Okay. So what? Yeah, I noticed that too. Very international. Um, when we did some trips overseas, people, we wanted to communicate with locals. And it was like, this is how we're all going to do it over here. On this app and it's pretty cool but what's crazy now is i find it competing with slack and and people are like oh well we adopted whatsapp finally you know 10 years later but i'm like you know what that's like a single channel on slack is what a whatsapp thread might be or it just it, it's almost like twitter like because it's just a bunch of people saying stuff it's not so organized where slack i'm a huge fan of slack right now i maybe everyone has been for a while, but like, I don't know, just lately, I feel like even individual people's communities have become like something.
1: Oh, I, this year suddenly discovered all of these different Slack groups. So now I've yeah. joined all these different professional Slack groups, which is kind of cool. Cause um, it's a great way to expand your, your social media networks even by connecting with these people in these groups, taking yeah. advantage of some of the um, professional, resources that they offer you. If you're looking for a job, there's job postings all over the place. There's people who are making the specific hiring decisions. You can Mm -hmm. have direct access and conversations with them. Um, And then you can also leverage that by taking those relationships onto social media. So I've connected with a ton of people that I met in a Slack group on my LinkedIn or on my Twitter, which is, it's really cool.
0: That's cool. I, I'm excited about the different ways we're connecting with people and forming communities. Even it's like, okay, we can't really be hanging out unless you're in Georgia um, or Florida. Florida. <laughs> yes, You guys, are you, are, the people around you, are, are they kind of acting like nothing's really happening?
1: Um, I, Personally, I haven't gotten out too much because I had like one scare, and that like scared me yeah. straight. I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I right. cannot." I have a family, and I yeah. I could be sick and still have to drag myself up and do stuff around the house. Do my yeah.
0: with a young kid walk. and everything? No, thank yeah, you. No, yeah. no.
1: So I haven't been out too much, but from what I hear, um, there are some mask mandates. So okay. in some places, you got to wear the mask or whatever. But um, the big debate now is. Our school's going to open. Are we? Right. I don't know what's going on. I. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> we're right. just trying to muddle through
0: this. You know, our our school finally announced that they're going to be virtual until October. Wow. And then in October they're going to probably go hybrid. Um, but you have the option of staying vir- virtual, and and we we're kind of leaning toward um, staying virtual. Um, and not so much from a safety standpoint, because I think it'll probably be okay by then, but just the idea of like these kids having, like kids, let alone adults, which are having issues, but like kids wearing a mask for like a six hour day, they'd have to do a half day where, you know, wear a mask the whole time. And then I could see teachers being a little angry about kids taking off their masks because teachers can get sick. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like, ooh, what kind of a weird little mini society would be in these little classrooms where and then you just want to talk to your friend, but you can't because there's a plastic sheet in front of you between you and you're in these <laughs> like what kind of weird dystopian like fiction book would, would school be like. So we're like, we can we'll just try to do a little home action anyways. We're at home now too, so there it is, you know?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's weird that there's so many companies that are saying we're not going back. We're gonna work remote until. Right until whenever, like, uh, I think Slack was the most recent one. I want to say that announced Mm -hmm. that they're going to be remote until mid 2021 or something like that. So a lot of companies are saying we're not going to even take the risk and, you know, remote work is if the infrastructure exists to support it, which it does for almost every case where you're just on a computer all day doing whatever on the computer. It, it might be better just for the mental well-being of people to give them that option at least.
0: Right. What's your, your personal take on do you Do you prefer the remote thing? Do you like going into offices? Where, where are you at?
1: My company is, has been 100% remote, so it was remote even before uh,
0: yeah. 2020.
1: So um, I was really fortunate to not have to deal with that transitional period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've, you know, previously I've always worked in office with the option to have some level of flexibility. And uh-huh. I think having that flexibility as like an option is so key. Like you don't have to go into the office every day, mm-hmm. you know, you can make your own decisions and decide what's best for you and your family and your team, um, right. at certain points. So if, if staying home works for you and your team and you want to do like two or three or four days at home and just, I I don't see, I don't know why that would be a problem if your management trusts you and is willing to support you in
0: that. Yeah, almost like the in-person can be a crutch. I mean, my company too, we've always been remote the whole time, which is kind of funny because I'm like a people person. I made a remote company. I don't know what I was thinking, but (laughs) now I'm like, where are all the people? Come visit me. Um, But yeah, like in-person, when did this person get in are they working at their desk are they playing a game like you can micromanage people but i've we've told people like like we can't micromanage you when you're remote like you just need to trust you so just get your job done and make sure the customer or the product whatever it needs to be happy is happy and okay and if you need to do work at 11 and you know do your family thing at eight like cool just make sure we get the stuff done you know and i think that's kind of it's almost like what our companies have been doing is just sort of like paving the way for now, everyone else to be like, well, technically we could go remote and it's not really that big of a deal to do that.
1: I think it's, it's so nice for, for working parents, especially. Um, totally. Because what we were talking about before where, you know, the school situation, the childcare situation is so up in the air. There's so much uncertainty and a little bit of fear around that. Yeah. So, I mean, having the ability to work from home and and make the decision that you feel is best for your family rather than being like, well, I have to go to the office. So you got to go somewhere too. Uh, That's such huge. A- Some people
0: don't even have that call, you know, so they're kind of hoping like, please take the kid to school. Like here, I'm all worried about kids being this weird fiction, but sometimes people can't even, they don't even have the option to worry about that. It's like, well, I got to, I can't. You can't stay at home with a box of Cheerios anymore. You know, that worked in the 50s, but not anymore. we gotta, we got to send you somewhere.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, have you noticed that, like, um, I think, I'm, you know, so my mom's a teacher, so I dig teachers, but I also dig, like, parents teaching. And it's, I feel like it's more effective, but it's just, like, 10 times harder teaching them at home. You know, like, we get, maybe the kids are just paying attention or something, but, like, it's almost like school keeps them for a bit just to keep them for us so that we can go to work. Um, but man, when, you know, when I've sat down and, with John or Lizzie to do like a little assignment or have him sound out words, I feel, maybe, I guess it's personal attention, right? You don't get one-on-one attention that much in school. So maybe it's inevitable that it would be better. I don't know.
1: Man, I don't, I don't know. I I know I personally would be such not a good teacher. <laughs> I'm so like, I, I just don't have the the capability of being a teacher. So for one, thank goodness that, you know, I don't have kids who are school age, so right. I don't have to really make a little that. early
0: in that process. So you're good. You're good. Uh,
1: but I do feel so bad for the parents who are having to like suddenly yes. learn. Wow. Teaching is teaching. really hard. Just yeah. especially when you're trying to work and figure out a, curriculum for your your kids it's just mm-hmm. such a a mess but my mom also was a teacher so cool. i just want to take a minute teachers need to be paid more that is a tough job so they deserve so much more love and credit and support and just everything mm-hmm.
0: like
1: i, I completely I, I could go on about this for a really long time so i'm not gonna well,
0: that's what that's what we do here but do. i'll <laughs> go off of that so i went to visit. But not all teachers are great, but most of them are. True. So whatever we can do to make sure the the ones that aren't so great, maybe they take up something else. And the ones (laughs) that are, they really get rewarded. So maybe that's not what's happening, right? They didn't join to get rewarded or whatnot, but like they're really good ones. Thanks. And so one of the first teachers we had, we went to visit and she kept showing us these drawings and flipping these charts. And I'm seeing this little tiny chair and I feel like I'm back in school myself, like I'm back in first grade. And I'm bored in a parent teacher <laughs> conference, and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm bored and I'm not like oh poor poor guys, <laughs> you know <laughs> but then I had a, another experience with a parent teacher conference, and after having that first one, the second one, she was amazing, she was amazing, and we talked about reading, and she opened my eyes the fact that some books are good for reading, some books are good for being read too, like mm-hmm. they're written. on purpose like people are being intentional just like we're intentional about marketing they're intentional about this is the kind of book to we will read out loud to you so you can learn from it this other Mm -hmm. kind of book is better for you to read by yourself and they build different skills and i'm like i love this you guys are just as smart as we are i just have no idea of your world but you're being very intentional about the different ways people are reading and the words and building on the different so you're right it's you know god bless the people that are just and patience too, the patience to be able to put up with little nuggets running around. Yes.
1: (laughs) But that's, that would be an awesome, that would be an awesome topic for the future too. You should take that, what you picked up from her because, um, you know, as marketers, we're always looking on how to be better writers, be better, um, create better copy that's stronger because people just don't have the attention span to read very many words at all. A lot of times they're skipping over most of what you write. I, I read something that um, people only read 20% of, of what you you actually write right. on a page, depending on you know how many words there are or whatever. But there was some study that people just don't read. They just don't want to read your stuff, especially if tying it back in with what we were talking about earlier, the, the bias factor, yep. you say anything that people don't agree with leading in or that they're not familiar with, it's a new concept or something mm. that just doesn't resonate with them, then they're not going to they're not gonna read as long. They're not gonna pay as much attention. They may not even give you the time of day. So um, knowing how to craft strong writing is so important, not just for social media, but for everything in digital marketing, regular marketing, strong writing, getting people to read what you, what you put out there and not only read it, but retain it, understand it, enjoy it.
0: Right. So key. So, so how do you do it? Because I, for, you for sure forced me every time I scroll by, I look at your LinkedIn, I'm like <laughs> I must read what you're saying. And, um, and it's, and it's unique and original and it's like, you're putting it out there. You're not mincing words. So what, what kind of advice would you have? even like LinkedIn writing or this sort of basic copywriting, any key tips?
1: Um, you know, there are, there's such a focus in marketing right now on writing and I've seen a few of the key influencers saying copywriting hmm. is the strongest marketing skill that you oh, can yeah. develop right now. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I find that the the presentation is key. So the, the formatting plays a huge role in it on LinkedIn. There's a particular format that works really
0: well. Um, is it secret? Uh, can you tell us just, tell you know me. Like, I won't tell anyone else.
1: You know what it is. It's it's that white space, a lot of white space, not a, not a lot of blocks of text. People don't, you know, you're scrolling through something, you don't really want to stop and have to digest a huge chunk of text. Um, as well as the hmm. fact that LinkedIn now rewards dwell time. So the longer that people stay on your post and look at it, the, the higher LinkedIn will, will boost your, your content to other people. Um, I don't think I
0: knew that. I don't think I knew maybe it. Maybe sort of like inherently, I know that like too long didn't read is something to try to avoid. I try to make short sentences <laughs> and short paragraphs, but I never thought of really doing that on LinkedIn I think next, my next thing in post would be obnoxiously just like this. And I would just, I would go crazy. Like, <laughs> what do you think, Chatel? How did I do? You know, like, um, yeah, I, it makes sense, right? Because that way you take up more real estate all up until the read more and the people are like, I read that, I read that. Let's read more. Dwell, dwell, dwell. As opposed yeah. to this big chunk of text. I think the same thing works on Facebook too. You know, you just don't want to read someone's angry update. But if they have a couple sentences, it might suck you in. Facebook is...
1: Facebook is crazy. I, I was yeah. just, um, I mean, the organic reach there has just dwindled away to the point where if you're a brand, then paid is just, you've got to have some sort of paid ad element to your, your strategy there. Um, I think that uh, there was a study that said that the organic reach on Facebook has gone down to somewhere around 5%. So even out of the fans of your page, only like one in 19 are seeing your content, your organic content. So uh, you've got you to gotta pay. You have to put a little bit of, of dollars behind your strategy there geez. if you want to reach a good amount of people.
0: So I, I can't tell if that's like, if that's a dirty play or if that's just them doing business, but dang, I know pe- people and I, I'm still upset about it because you're right. It's like, That's the thing. Facebook, you don't own your audience. Man, how many companies spent like serious money already to build those? And now it's like, oh, you want to continue talking to them? Yeah, pay up. (laughs) You know, Zuckerberg needs another car. I don't know. but like, let's go. (laughs) That's wild. You're right. But I didn't know about one in 19. That's pretty It was a
1: shockingly low number. Um, And I think that's just... know, you've got to be smart as a marketer, as the algorithms are developing, as, um, as the platforms are trying to exert more control over the audiences on their individual, in their individual spaces, you've got to get smart about how you're going to reach people. So, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: for example, there's, um, uh, Facebook has a lot of media, um, options now, uh, there's red table talk, which is a like streaming show that they feature. It's by Jada Pinkett Smith, the wife of Will Smith. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they just do tremendous numbers. And yeah. part of that is that they're so good at drumming up interest in, in their, in their channel and driving people to that channel in other places. So they'll, mm. you know, spark some publicity thing on instagram or twitter and so everything drives people back to to that other channel and i think that they're really successful at that as well as um cheryl sandberg she has a show on uh facebook live of course um (laughs) is she still
0: there is she still the coo i don't think so that's an interesting question
1: i think she's I did not lean in. No, no, I did not.
0: Okay, I yeah, should she's still the um, still the CEO at Facebook. Oh wow,
1: because I know she runs the the Lean In organization as well, which I think was the title of her book.
0: Mm. She only has 154 connections, so I don't know if she's actually using LinkedIn
1: or <laughs> she's just being super selective and
0: yeah, super selective. I guess like, really selective. <laughs> How many? I know how many invites I get every day. She getting like <laughs> thousands. She probably does not even check anymore. It's like oh, no. Nope. never. You also don't want Microsoft to know what you're up to. <laughs> probably can't use it that way. She's a third connection to me. I don't know if that means anything. I guess it means the like Kevin Bacon. There's a few people. that know a few people <laughs> yeah. Six degrees. That. Yeah, six degrees. Right. Totally. Man. <laughs> uh, so where where would you drive people? Like where do you drive people? Um, knowing that like Facebook. Not really the place to keep them if you drive them mm-hmm. there.
1: I prefer to drive people to my site, um, especially my blog. Just to, uh, I am, um, I do have a, a newsletter where I'm collecting emails. I'm trying to reformat that, restructure it. I've been studying email newsletters lately to see what actually oh, performs nice. well because I think they're having a resurgence this year. A lot of people signing up for newsletters and just. Um, creating newsletters with mm. awesome uh, technology like Substack, Great Site, um, ConvertKit, um, just all these different options for making really cool content and getting it out to people. So, I think that that's a great option for people building your own email list, getting people to consent. Of course, I watched your your show on GDPR recently. Oh my gosh. So and CCPA. Um, so it's important to to I think build up list of people who agree to receive your stuff and talk to you.
0: Totally. I just tried to subscribe to yours just now, mm-hmm. but it's like already subscribed. All right, <laughs> off, I was like, all right. You're right though. These, e- the email list, it's interesting. I mean, the hustle I chatted with um, someone from there, like if it's good, if it's good writing and I can maybe learn something, then you're right. I think it's coming back, but people have high standards now. It can't just be anything. You know. Yes.
1: So the old format of newsletter where once again, it's the same thing like social media, you're just blasting out links to people. It's not really, it's not really that effective. It doesn't feel, it doesn't give people a reason to look forward to your newsletter and to, to take the time to read it, especially when inboxes are so slammed.
0: Yeah, man, they are so slammed. Um, I like it. So drive into your blog and we'll, we'll put the sh- the link in the show notes. I think people should subscribe. Should definitely do that. It's, um, the, put, on the website, it's get the good stuff.
1: That's yeah. Like it. Cause it stuff. is the good stuff. It's <laughs> hopefully, hopefully right. people will enjoy it.
0: If not, they just unsubscribe, but Oh, Oh, you mentioned the GDPR, um, mm-hmm. podcast, which by the way, everyone should check out. Why? Because I literally had my first one two days ago. Where someone replied to, and it was a personal email too. It wasn't okay. It was sent with a with a ParDot, but like it was personalized, so it was text email. It wasn't even like a corporate fancy spammy thing. We're pretty <laughs> good at these emails, and it came from me, and it was written pretty well. The subject line was a little long, but everything else was really good. And the person was like, "I am." I am not interested, and this is like former customer too, so I don't even know, so it doesn't make any sense. But like, I am not interested and furthermore, um, uh, you must remove me, GDPR, wow. blah, 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 I will punish you, you'll get fines, <laughs> oh, wow. blah, blah, blah. Right? And I was like, kind of personally like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you just GDPR'd an email from me, don't you know who I am? we <laughs> like look the person's phone number up and call them and like, <laughs> "How could you? you?" You just like burned <laughs> me. Why'd you do that? But we're like, okay, I guess you gotta delete them now. So it's
1: super scary. Like, yeah, it's just it's super scary because there's so many potential fines and penalties for that stuff. So you want to be so careful. In mm. the U.S., of course, other than California, we're not protected at all. Nobody cares. Even blast
0: anybody but <laughs> except for california well, so right gdpr is not the u.s so just could, eu right so i could technically write it back to be like yo usa you US <laughs> are like you know born in america like what are you gonna do um i'm not a, is she in california that'd be the question i gotta find out if she's in california Ooh, yep. now you know it's a she but um uh, i won't say anything else but yeah I gotta find out if this person is in California. If they are, I should probably watch myself. If they're not, maybe we send them another email following up. <laughs> no, don't listen to me, people. I'm delirious.
1: <laughs> this is not the best conversation on CX and
0: <laughs> right customer experience. Just, you know what? Um, did speaking of some of these topics, especially at the beginning, we were talking about. Did you hear about? Um, he was that sales guy at the Drift conference. Mm. He's um oh he's a ten X guy. Um ten X what is his name? He's like a 10X author. Ten X author. Grant Cardone. Oh my gosh. Oh
1: no, I didn't.
0: Have you have you read anything of his or heard anything about it?
1: Um, I know who you're talking about. I just don't I haven't seen anything about him recently.
0: Yeah, it's not so no, maybe it's like two years ago, but it's a great story. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so it was at a Drift conference. I think you mentioned Drift before, right? Did you yes. Mention? Yeah. So it, it was at the the East Coast one. Um, uh, did you ever make it to any of the Drift conferences? The no, no, but
1: um, they're based in Boston, yeah. which uh, was where previous company I worked at was also based there. So it cool. was like the Boston tech community. Love. It's a very tight knit community up there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Go Patriots.
1: <laughs> no great.
0: one. Right? No, that's no, not. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we can disagree. You're going to leave the game early anyway, so don't yeah, even I, worry I, about 100%. it. A
1: hundred percent. I think I went to a Mets game and I left earlier, uh, early, um, last time I was in really? NYC. So,
0: so yeah. but you know what? Really, you're doing me a favor because you're, you're getting <laughs> out of the way so that when I leave, actually, actually stay a little bit later. So I don't even have people to to walk with. I just like, I'm waiting for the ushers to go like, you don't have to go home, but you can't (laughs) (laughs) go ahead. Like, oh, okay. This way? Is it this way to get out? (laughs) That that way. Get out of here. We're
1: on the same page, just opposite sides. I'm beating traffic on one end. You're beating traffic on the other.
0: Right. Right. Totally. Totally. Does it work? Do you actually (laughs) beat the traffic leaving early? Yes. You do.
1: Yes. Okay. Depending I don't think on how
0: leaving late, you don't really beat the traffic. You just you sit in the <laughs> okay. and you're like I don't want to the, the, the line. It'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So Grant Cardone. Um, he's kind of like a Wolf of Wall Street sales guy, like hey, regards. But his book Ten X is actually really good. It's all about like, okay, what are you doing now? What do you have what's a metric you have now? What would it take to make that number? Could be your company size, could be number of engagements, leads, ABM engagements, whatever what would it take to make that number 10 times as large as it is now, you know? And like that thought process. So the idea is just get you thinking like, okay, you're in in whatever mode you're in now. What would it take? Like how many more people in the team would you have? What kind of budget would you need? Like what are the things you have to do? It's good exercise like to to get to 10. Don't try to think about like two because the thing was to get to like a little bit bigger, you do basically more of the same. <laughs> right, but to get to ten, it's like you can't just keep doing what we're doing. We have to do something different, more bigger channel, something else to get to ten. So anyway, mm. I, I always appreciated like the idea of just thinking outside the box. And then I saw him at Drift, and um, I don't know if this is the guy's stick, but he bas- basically insulted his wife, um, and she was apparently in the audience like <laughs> ten times. Uh, during his presentation he's like on stage some people thought there was like white powders involved I don't know anything about that but like I do know that he brought up things like yeah I got a private plane gonna be in that private plane in like like doing dirty things with my wife he was like way more (laughs) explicit, like almost like if it was a sales conference people would be like yeah let's Uh... let's you know let's go let's sell stuff get a plane Grant Cardone's mm-hmm. going to teach me how to sell, you know, almost like that more of that. And it's not even the real sales mentality. Cause a lot of the best salespeople don't do that, but it was almost like, that's his thing. Like, Hey, I'm the, I'm the guy I'm going to, but like, this was a marketing crowd, right? Yeah. So we were all like, what, you know? And there were some salespeople who were like, eh, I was okay with it. I actually asked some women afterward. And some of the women I knew um, that were like in sales were like, Psh, whatever. Like we say goofy things in sales all the time, but the women who are marketing, we not so pleased. And wow. this whole thing on Twitter started um, while it was happening. And I would say it was awkward. I think I was sitting in the front because it's the only way to pay attention. And, but I was like there and I'm like, I'm like slinking down in my chair. Cause it was like really weird. And it's the kind of thing that if I said I would be in so much trouble. when I'm got home. <laughs> i not even going to say it, but like he would say these things and it was just like, and it kept going almost like he was mm-hmm. trying to get, you know, maybe he was trying to get attention or Um, Again, back to shtick, maybe like I'm talking about him now. It's not in a good way, but maybe that is a brand hit for him. Like, I don't know, but the whole crowd was like not happy with it. And this Twitter thing blew up tagging drift and like, it was like a legit situation. It was interesting is um, that afternoon, David Cancel, um, really cool guy. He actually uh, came out and like apologized. This was not what we were thinking was going to happen. So he apologized the whole conference. And he actually individually apologized to everyone who said they had an issue with it on Twitter. Wow. It was really like, like him responsive. And some people are saying like, well, you know what he's like, you, you could research him, but who knows? Like he's a, he's an author. He's like a famous guy. Like, I, you didn't know he's gonna going to be on this crazy tangent about his wife here. I don't think unless he does it everywhere, but it was just like so crazy that he did that. I don't even know what we're talking about it, but it was like one of those things that like, I was like, oh that's terrible. Don't do that. And, and, and he brought up a couple things about marketing, like almost like someone had told him some marketing words to say, (laughs) he has no idea what they are. Right. He's like, Oh, I know why we came onto this topic because he was like, you know what? Here's my advice guys. Um, when you, that doesn't sound like that. I don't know what he sounds like. (laughs) Hey, here's my advice guys. (laughs) Um, he's like, you know what? Email people. And if they don't answer email, email them again. And you're going to email them until they're going to buy from you or they're just going to die of too many emails. Right. That was like his thing. And like all the marketers in the audience were going like, that doesn't actually work. Like people are all <laughs> going to unsubscribe, you know, like, so who is this guy? And he's like, you know, your, your subscriber list, just hit the list again. He's like, you know what? No results hit the list again. like oh man like someone gave him some talking points like talk about email lists and and do your thing talk then talk about your wife too and that'll make them happy like it was just like but that was the mentality of like just hit him again just hit him again and it's just like not the way to do it
1: how weird i am not familiar with that situation at all i didn't even know that that had happened um it sounds a little bit like um make money social media. So there's like this community on social media where they just like push making money and all these different gimmicks that you can like try to, and they have a very,
0: Mm. it's
1: just another pocket on social media, another community. And they have a very specific way of talking. Like, do you want to make, you know, tons of cash this fast? And then they like put out all these specific pictures of like luxury and, you know, guys with right. a bunch of girls and all this other stuff. So it's, I guess, I'm guessing it works for that niche group. Whoever they're
0: going after. Yeah. Right. Must be so, working.
1: It sounds like he misjudged his audience a little bit.
0: I think so. I think maybe exactly he carried it. over. If, Like I said, if it was like a sales kickoff somewhere, you know, you know, to be fair, hey, cool. I'm glad the marketers at least said something. You know, maybe mm-hmm. some groups are, whatever sales is like, you know, maybe, maybe people were offended, but no one would say anything. But at least in this world, like I was proud of everyone. They were like going crazy on Twitter. Some people more than others, but like, it was like, it was true. And, but it was, it was cool. It was good damage control. So I think the only way it spread was just by people talking about it afterward on podcasts (laughs) like this one. Um, But you know, they did a good job of just being like totally are bad. We totally own that. That should not happen. But you know, what's interesting too is because they were really edgy with their, their content in their conferences right but what was kind of crazy at the very beginning they're like look some of the people may come out and you may not agree with them but just listen and see what you think like david cance mm-hmm. literally said that and afterward you're like was he talking about? who was he talking about <laughs> um but i you know there's one other speaker at that conference that was really fascinating she was like the former cmo or marketer vp of marketing at like def jam records and, and like mm-hmm. those kind of studios I, I gotta look her up um really badass lady. And, and I was like, what am I going to learn from her? Like, I don't, I'm not in the music industry, you know, like, I am making like occasional songs. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm on there. But like, what, you know, <laughs> this is just like one of those, maybe they just got a star to come or something and like,
1: yeah,
0: I learn. but I was in the front row and I was sort of stuck there, thankfully, because um, you never know, like to your point, like this whole conversation we've had, you never know who you're going to learn from. Um, mm-hmm not from Grant Cardone, it was from this lady, and I gotta find her name, so put it in the show notes, but um, I remember one particular quote she said, and and I'm trying not to misquote her, but it sounded to me like she said, um, oh, she was talking about different artists that would come through and she'd either see them stick around or they would just like one hit wonder and they'd go, right? Um, Someone would stay around, they've got more albums, stay around, and other ones just nothing. And she's like, the ones that stuck around um, weren't afraid to reinvent themselves. Weren't afraid mm. to disappoint their audience. Weren't afraid they, they would try things, try new sounds and that's okay with them and then come with them or not. And, and so she, she said this quote around something like, don't be afraid to uh, pick up your spear, grab your bear armor. I don't know if bear, that's the one part I'm not sure if she said, but it sounds cool. Grab your bear armor, pick up your spear leave, oh, and take off your varsity jacket and leave the cave. Right, it's not about your past successes. It's not about all that confidence you got from that last campaign or that last job you had or the last career. It's like it's what you're doing today, and it, it's a little scary. But take off that jacket that's comfortable, get your bare armor on, and that spear, and go get the next one. And she was like, "Go get the next one," and I was like, so inspired, <laughs> you know. And you just don't know who you're gonna you're gonna learn from. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's that does tie really well. To what we were saying earlier that you yeah. can't just have people in your network who reaffirm what you already think or what you already know because right you learned something totally cool from this woman that you never would have just yeah. naturally followed because she may not be part of your your network she's not percent, yeah beyond six degrees of separation beyond kevin bacon so
0: I'm pretty sure I tried to send her a LinkedIn on the spot, but uh, like she probably like who <laughs> are all these random people? Probably like Cheryl, be like, I don't got time for this. Um, but yeah, you're right. Just you never know. And and I mean, at least at least Drift was bringing in really just a variety of people. Like I feel like right. that was one of the only conferences that, and they've done it a couple of years now, where I thought, huh, to your point, these are not people that I would bump into. I haven't read their book or I have, I didn't know who they are. um, Or just like, just sit there and wait because they've kind of curated these people to really challenge you. And Mm -hmm. whereas a lot of those other conferences, like you've said at the very beginning, it's like boilerplate, same old, you know, recycled stuff in your echo chamber.
1: Yeah. And that is really um, something that I've noticed that this year has brought. People are like much more conscious of The representation of voices in Mm -hmm. their like events and which is it's great like I I think that um making sure that you're providing that like that variety of voice in in anything that you're doing whether it's you know a podcast or a webinar and, Mm -hmm. and just checking yourself and who's speaking in this webinar is it like someone who's going to actually bring something new, maybe someone that I'm not necessarily super familiar with or wouldn't like, you know, Mm -hmm. beyond your customer pool or beyond your close associates network um, and giving that opportunity to other people to like share their voice with a new audience that may not have had that exposure before. That's, that's huge. So that sounds like drifted that really well, which is, always something that you want to see at an event. If you're spending your time at an event, you want to walk away with something new or something to help you grow.
0: And there's literally other events from other companies that I I cannot even name that like, (laughs) I I don't usually attend sessions because I've heard it, you know, like um, I'd rather meet people, networking, expo, that kind of thing. But the sessions, it's like, oh, same topics and it's, or it's a sales pitch, you know, whereas mm-hmm. this was like, oh, and they had Casey Neistat from YouTube. I don't know if you know that guy. Um, but yeah, a lot of different like people and you're like being exposed to a variety of different folks. It was awesome. It was really cool.
1: Are you enjoying this year of virtual events and the, is it mm. not the same as far as networking for you?
0: Yeah, I definitely miss it. I think the only thing keeping me sane is doing some hiking here and there. Um, <laughs> Other than that, yeah, like I had like so many trips planned on Delta. I was gonna go meet a bunch of people in Colorado and talk to them about marketing automation, and then it's like everything's canceled. And I'm kind of like I I enjoy interfacing with people, and like so thank goodness for hiking and the podcast, right? I Mm -hmm. guess is the two. Um, Otherwise, to be like, what am I doing? I'm in my house, (laughs) like you know, and into this basement down here. There's no lights. There's no windows, (laughs) right? So. It's just like a casino. I could be down here all day. I could podcast twenty four hours like a Twitch streamer, and like yeah. I wouldn't even know the difference, you know. <laughs> speaking how about y- of, I was going
1: to say, speaking of Twitch, a lot of people have talked about how um, virtual events could stand to learn a lot from gaming and from that sure. environment, and how interactive and and fun and cool it is. Like the big thing was the was at the Travis Scott concert on Fortnite and everyone's saying, oh, that was like an awesome experience where like all the gamers are there and it's kind of like a, a virtual experience. And then he just like wow. rose up out of the center of the, <laughs> the map. Yeah, like this huge 3D whatever. And he started going into his performance and everyone was going crazy. <laughs> so they're saying that level of like, where you feel like you're still getting a strong interaction component with like other people who are there. Yeah. Um, There's like a level of high quality um, visual and they were just saying that there's so much that could stand to be innovated in virtual events and looking to other places would be a great way to, to I guess come up with some sort of inspiration for that. 100%.
0: I totally agree. I was literally ranting about the same topic a few days ago because uh, Mm -hmm. um, some cool people with an app, it's like a Zoom, it's like a webinar app. And they were like, hey, what do you think? And it started out with like niceties. And I was like, okay, let me just, because I care. Let me tell you what I think. (laughs) Like my Zoom webinar, I got it for free because we buy Zoom meeting and they just chucked it in there. It's great. It works. It works fine. Um, It's it's clean the ux is you know it's it's a good design but it could be way more interactive and so even like the webinars i tried to do i try to make them more like twitch it's it's and i recommend people go check out twitch and just like watch somebody right um they're very good they're very good they can have like a thousand people all chatting with them donating things like donating money and placing bets and and voting in polls they're very good at that whether you're playing games i've seen people like drawing doing it and um and sometimes what i'll do is i'll actually go and i'll i'll visit someone who has no no viewers right so it's just me
1: <laughs> that's really intimate <laughs> right
0: but now you have somebody watching you you know yeah. and they're like they're like hi and you're like yeah and so but it's the way that they can command a crowd and a fans a tribe that kind of thing it's like that totally needs to go into webinars make them more interactive Um, And so I was trying to talk to these guys like, look, don't try to be another Zoom. You're not going to compete on that scale. But be like the most interactive B2B Twitch webinar Mm -hmm. ever. You know, like let me drop, let people drop memes in the chat. Let them chat with each other. Mm -hmm. And the other idea was like, let them get referral points because there's points in these things. Like every hour you listen to or watch Twitch, you get like a point from someone Mm -hmm. and then it gives you rank and then you can buy things with it like, gamify the whole thing. Let people come to all your webinars. And like, oh, you've been to like 30 webinars. You have 9,000 points. Buy some chess swag with it or like a free copy of my book. Or like, you know, like you could really do that. And then if you invite someone, you get 100 points. That'd be so cool. You could do all sorts of stuff. So I was like, here you go, guys. Here's my idea. Run with it. I'm like, I wonder if they will run with it. And then half of me was like, (laughs) don't run with it. I feel like I need to run with it. You know I
1: was about to say somebody's gonna listen into this Please. and just they're gonna pop up and we're gonna be like oh, we were part of that we inspired yeah. that
0: totally Because that
1: there's so much opportunity there I think that whoever comes up with like the next iteration of like b2b virtual event mm-hmm. is gonna be like so successful because even yeah. zoom this year and um, Google meets got introduced or whatever yeah. and Microsoft teams and there's stock is like
0: do you have a favorite any of the meeting apps
1: uh i tend to just use zoom because it's so everyone's on it so
0: i like zoom Mm. you know it's funny zoom costs something the google hangouts which is now meets which is like Mm -hmm. rebranded um i don't know it always some people on my team are like, every time I use it, it just doesn't work. Or like there's something wrong with it or it has that sort of hangout-y feel. Doesn't feel mm-hmm. maybe as professional as joining a meeting on Zoom. You know, I, something about it. So it's free, but we still pay to use the the Zoom thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
1: Just Zoom, I think, got their foot in the door. Yeah. Um, they they were just, it was the perfect storm. They, they, they had something set up. It was excellent. And I think a lot of other companies are now like, seeing how successful they were mm-hmm. and trying to shift and get some of the, some of that market the same yeah. way that, um, shipped and, uh, um, Instacart and the grocery delivery services. Oh yeah. Huge this year. And so now we see Uber is trying to get into that as well and setting up a, a grocery delivery as Smart. well. I don't know if they're still doing it, but last I, I read they were. So it's like another Smart. example of like, who can innovate the fastest to fit this like new, new world that we're, we're trying Seriously. to navigate?
0: Seriously. And when can I get back to the other world and go on a cool trip? You <laughs> yeah. know, I was actually supposed to be in Tanzania right now. Wow. Climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. And, I, and my calendar it's still in there. It's like, on Sunday, I fly home. And I was like, shucks. But maybe <laughs> next, next year, maybe. Um, so, hey. Who are you? Who are you? You know so many things. I just I could I feel like I could talk to you for days like, <laughs> and learn things that catch me up on stuff that I'm behind in. Um, but yeah, who are you? Take us back, little Chantel days. Like, what was it like growing up? You? Where would you grow up? Yeah. You, did you always want to be a marketer? Um, kind of. You know. Yeah.
1: Marketing is such a, most kids don't really hear about marketers or know or understand that term. Right. But even from a young age, I loved storytelling. I Mm. loved, um, writing. I was really into that, into reading. Um, so as I got older, it was just sort of like a natural progression. I feel like my path just sort of naturally led me into the marketing world. Um, I, uh, started off my major changed a bunch in college so I was like you, well I'm gonna you go to school? University of Florida Oh in, wow. uh, in Gainesville Florida yeah
0: wow with a football team <laughs> a great sounds like a good yeah. time like I was up north so it was as good as it can get but like was that cool did you go to like games and stuff or
1: I did um, and I did leave some of them early So
0: I... uh, I'm sure you did well I was blame.
1: Especially if we had a blowout, which wasn't too often, because um, we had a pretty good football team when I was there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I came in. I was like, you know, I love, I love gaming. I love video games. I love computer games.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So my first thought was computer science. Right. Um. Or computer engineering. Um. And then seeing some of my friends who were in the engineering uh, degree path, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know about that." So then I was maybe like, "Well, maybe that. just yeah, maybe just business or something like general, where I could take those skills and learn other things on the side, like coding, and apply that to the business world." Mm-hmm. Somehow I ended up in um, uh, journalism, PR—more that feel. Okay. So my early career was focused on um, more of that space of communications. Um, journalism has been in such a weird stage of, of change, um, trying to adjust to the digital model. Totally. Uh, with all the paywalls and stuff like that. Um, so I decided that I wanted to play it safe and, and go with more stability. So I, I uh, moved more into marketing and PR. Um, I worked with a bunch of different companies, brands, agencies. Um, I found that I really like working with tech companies and SaaS companies. Mm. I love the tech world, so that's kind of been my sweet spot. I, I would right.
0: say. It looks like you, you spent some time in the PR world. Yeah, It wasn't just like a flash because for me it was like a flash in the pan. I did an internship, You did it real quick, and it was like <laughs> um, not for me necessarily, but like what. What, what was that like? And did you eventually translate out of that for a reason or did you just kind of fall into another position? Um, you know,
1: PR is, it's all, it was also in a period of like change.
0: Oh, um, sure.
1: So I would say people are still, it's still a period of change. Like companies mm-hmm. still want that earned media. They still want, um, they still want that the benefits of PR for their brand. But, um, it's tough to connect with journalists and there are newsrooms have tightened up so much that there are fewer journalists who are managing a lot more, um, more on their plate. So Mm. it's tough to get the attention of journalists unless you're like a big company or you have raised some serious dollars. Um, Mm. so smaller companies are going to have a harder time getting that same level of, um, Level of attention, but you know, working in PR and journalism helped me with my writing skills a ton. It helped me figure out how to position a story in a way that um, uh, focuses on what's important, mm-hmm. where you can you can spot out what's newsworthy about something very quickly, or if it's newsworthy, right. um, and how to position that. So that helped me with crafting messaging and, and figuring out how to be a little bit more concise to the point, um, what matters and what's BS, what's fluff.
0: Because yeah. if you
1: try to pitch a journalist on, you know, you're trying to talk to a, a, someone with Reuters or or the AP or um, the New York Times, they don't have a lot of time for nonsense. You, you can't yeah. really game them too easily with, well, you know, we, this is why it's important. And our CEO thinks this is important. <laughs> they're not going to care. You have to actually have a legitimate hard hitting something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So I think that that helped me get that kind of mindset, which is important in marketing because your customers are the same way. You have a limited amount of time to get their attention and to get their interest. You need to figure out quickly what's going to, what's going to resonate and what is just fluff.
0: Yeah. Like no BS, right? Just cause Mm -hmm. he likes it. And they're so busy now to your point there, there's so few of them getting paid they're not getting paid to listen to your brief or to read your long press release about how great you are like is there a story here or not i'm out bye you know it's mm-hmm. like you can't fluff it that's that's interesting and that gave you that kind of i don't know that edge to be like okay if you can if you can pitch a journalist you can pitch anybody you know like mm-hmm. they they're tough so that that's i could see how then you'd really perfect your craft of getting that point at the earliest in part you know like that that thing i read earlier that email that was like oh in this unpleasant time it's like i don't have time to read your two paragraphs about how unpleasant this time is like <laughs> what is your point that right. email i still don't know what their point is i think it's something to do with investment <laughs> i have no idea like what's their point too long didn't read I didn't get there they didn't didn't have a lead-in or whatever you call it like it just it failed and so it sounds like you really honed and perfected not only the storytelling but also how to get that down on paper
1: yeah and I mean you brought up um, press releases Mm -hmm. those are such I think they're getting more and more antiquated I think the business likes seeing, um, and your executives and your investors and your board, like seeing a press release more than journalists or the general public do. Um, they just feel kind of like a relic, um, yeah. from an older time, uh, cause there's so many ways to get your news out. Uh, I mean, what was it? The, um, Alexis Sohanian, um, senior from Reddit, he Uh, I follow him on Instagram and he put something out uh, recently. He was like, I'm stepping down from the board of Reddit because we need more diversity on Reddit. Um, And he made that announcement via Instagram, via social media. It wasn't a press release or it may have been, but I didn't see it as a press release. And I think most journalists were like, Oh, this is instantaneous. We have multimedia here. This this is his direct voice. Mm. You were able to pull it directly from there. So that's, it's just become like a, I think there's a new, better way of communicating brand announcements um, than just sending out a press release.
0: Right. Did you learn how to write those in school?
1: Um, no. Because your
0: journalism, you were the other side of it, maybe?
1: Yeah. Like, uh, we just learned about general strong writing.
0: Like, it was was
1: pretty much how to to tell a story, how to tell a story efficiently, which was great. I, I think more marketers should take, a journalism reporting course um because i think that um it sets the foundation for good strong writing in such a a useful way um there's a lot of overlap between strong business writing and strong news writing
0: right um
1: so i think that 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 would benefit a lot of people
0: I think so. I think I think automatic. We just got to have you come back and like just talk to us (laughs) about all the things you learned in journalism and how to actually write a strong story. If I ask you (laughs) now, I think we'll be here until like, (laughs) your kid will be like, where's lunch and dinner. And my kids will be like, why aren't you playing with us? Sorry kids. But I learned all about (laughs) how to write a really good story. Um, Wow. So, and then, but that transition into marketing it's now you've been doing the marketing thing for a while um, in the in this social side is that is that just on your own you're just doing because i I would call you an influencer, but it doesn't sound sound like you're doing that for your company necessarily. It's just you are putting great thought leadership out there,
1: yeah, as a marketer, I think that I think every marketer should try to have a social media presence. Yeah. Um, a, it helps you stay on the pulse of what's what's hot, what's not, what people are talking about. Um, it lets you be a fly on the wall. You can see conversations going on in communities mm-hmm. that you want to target or that, you know, your buyer communities for your actual brand. Right. Um, so doing it on a personal level benefits you. It benefits your company. Um, I think every marketer should. And get involved on all of them. I mean, most of the accounts are free, so just just so you can kind of see what it would take.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: there are some platforms where I have an account, but I'm not necessarily active, just because I want to make sure that I understand some of how it works, and um, I've at least dabbled in it, uh, like mm-hmm. Snapchat. I'm I've been on Snapchat for forever. Um, I understand the interface. I see when new things are introduced. Um, so I'm able to just keep up with that kind of stuff and it's fun. It gives you something to do. Like this year you were saying we're all home and like, uh, what do I do? Social media <laughs>
0: right.
1: is a great pastime.
0: Right, man, man. So many things going on there. Um, wow. Hypothetical for you. If you were to travel by time machine, cause I might have one in New Hampshire possible. <laughs> in the basement
1: Uh, right off camera
0: no it's in the backyard it's covered with a tub Um, and if if you want to come steal it just steal it it's in the backyard Um, those nefarious people listening Um, but yeah so you get to use a time machine we'll make sure it's clean post-covid and all that Uh, but it takes you back to a certain period of time it takes you back to a few days after you have graduated from school and you're basically starting your career career at least outside of school Um, what kind of things, what kind of advice would you give yourself having been through what you've been through and experienced what you've experienced? What kind of things would you tell yourself to do, not do that kind of thing?
1: Um, so honestly, um, I would probably tell myself to relax a little bit, to enjoy the journey. Cause I think so many times you're like young and you're like, Oh, I need to have my path mapped out. It has to be this, 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 this CMO, CMO, CEO, like it has right, to be just right. like this very like uh, linear path. And um, I think that I've, I think most people who are older and professional have realized that there's like no set way that you have to go in your profession that sometimes the the detours can be just as much fun and can right. teach you just as much. Um, also not to worry about a lot of the hardships early on. You know, I think it, it seems so like uh, blah, blah, inspirational, but failure um, is just a natural part of everyone's life and a natural part of careers. It's not, it doesn't say anything about you as a person if you're not a good fit for a particular company or role. Yeah. It doesn't say that you're inadequate or you right. suck or you need to question yourself as a professional. Uh, it's the same as with relationships. Um, and it's totally cliche to compare marketing to relationships, but you know, not every relationship is going to work out because two people aren't always a good fit. And you can't know that until you've been there for a little bit. So right. it's the same with companies. Um, sometimes you get in a role and you're like, this is not... Um, this isn't a good fit, and you just kind of have to accept that, embrace it, learn what you can learn or take what you can take, and move on to the next thing, and yeah. hope that that one's a fit that that one's a love match
0: that's yeah, that's a beautiful way of saying that because relationship job it, it's not you it's it's the, the relationship of you and the company and your skills. Maybe it's a terrible decision to let you go. Maybe it isn't. Or mm-hmm. uh, usually though, to your point, those failures are usually a stepping off point for something even better that you didn't even think about. Right. Maybe you were comfortable in your cave and you need to like take off your varsity Grab jacket your spear. You Grab your spear, right? Like you your need to get that. And sometimes <laughs> if you don't do it, someone else will do it for you. But either way, I mean, I've been fired for sure. It doesn't, and I love how you're saying like, it's not, it's not you. Mm-hmm. Um it could have been some of your actions or not actions or could be something completely different, but it doesn't mean you as a person are bad. Learn right. from that. Just keep going. Get back What's out. funny
1: is I, I just posted on LinkedIn about um, kind of the end of my journalism career was me getting fired on the first day. That I
0: yeah. actually I was, was I know that about you. And I must have read that because I'm like, I know that about you already.
1: Yeah. My very first day I got fired because um, I was trying to, get my foot in the door and the only position that was open back then for entry-level people, nobody was leaving, um, the newsroom. And, um, the only role where you could like get in was, uh, as a stringer, a sports stringer covering what high school that? sports.
0: A stringer. So
1: basically they have a bunch of like contractors. Like you're not an actual like full-fledged reporter. It's just like a bunch of people that they're like, Hey, you go cover the game between these two high school whatever, show up, write about the game, and then send in the stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, so I I drove out there to the stadium. It was in this really kind of sketch part of town. It was oh, dark in the middle of night. I wasn't familiar with the area. I'm trying to cover the game really quickly. It's moving fast paced. The deadline is like a few minutes after the game is over. I'm really? missing highlights because I, I'm not like, Super sports buffs. So but barely, how do you do
0: it? How do you, the deadline's like two minutes after it's done?
1: A pretty, it was like very quickly after it was done. So I had to like write it up, collect my thoughts and send it over, which it, for someone who is like, who's, you know, a football buff or whatever, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But yeah, for guess, me, yeah. <laughs> I needed time to process. So yeah, I completely now where are you missed out with the, the deadline.
0: You at least like, oh, I know what a touchdown is. So it's not, you just, yeah. it's not like you, but you were, yeah, I mean, same here. I'm not into, like, fantasy football all the time so that I know, like, who anybody is or any... So, yeah, yeah, it can be... I think that's why they, like... Didn't they... I think for when New England played, played Atlanta, a Super Bowl is like, this wacky turn of events, but they had, like, already written all the headlines of saying, like, Falcons win. <laughs> yeah. And because, like, to your point, they didn't have any time. They had to just write it. And then they were, like, wait, JK... Oops. <laughs> ...go back. Now would happens. So... So what have you missed the deadline? And they just were like, peace?
1: Yeah, because like um, I sent it over and it was a mess. And I mean, (sighs) the night is a blur. I barely remember it. But I remember just being in my car, like trying to find like a Starbucks with Signal. Oh, no there was no signal and I was like crying and Oh no. know, so after that just so you it,
0: knew like, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. This yeah.
1: I don't even funny. think I, I called them back. I think it was more like a, a mutual ghost. Like <laughs> it was just like a, one of those, this is not a fit. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: Wow. But wow. yeah,
1: firing is not the end of the world. And now I'm here and I love marketing and it was probably for the best. I mean,
0: seriously. And you're more of a voice now than you were. As a sports stringer, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, tell me, where can people connect with you? We we mentioned there's a blog, all these things, like throw out like social platforms you'd love to connect on, URLs, all that stuff.
1: Um, so, my uh, my webpage is my name, www.chantelmarcel.com. Um, I have a Twitter, which is at CC Mars underscore rights. Um, I'm on LinkedIn under my, my full name. Um, and then I have an Instagram it's, you know, I'm going to leave the Instagram off because it's kind of just my funsies one. So I just, I kind of like use it to experiment and see what's working on Instagram at the, at different points. So is it like, is it like
0: actually you, or is it like a testing thing? You don't even like use it, use it.
1: Um, so no pictures of me or anything. I use it to post like uh my design work. Um, I do a lot of digital art and design and funsy stuff like that. Uh just to keep myself flexible in that area as well.
0: And you think um, people would want to see that? Um
1: <laughs> I don't know, it's like a separate brand, you know? Like it's like, I know, but maybe uh,
0: I like you're such a marketer the way you describe. <laughs> it.
1: Like that's not,
0: everything you just said would be interesting to see on my feed, like, I don't know.
1: But well, I might start trying to merge that into my my full time brand. Maybe I'll start posting my stuff on LinkedIn and see dabble in the response there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like do an experiment. Try out some reels. <laughs> put it on LinkedIn. And oh, let yeah. me know what happens. All the sure. cool
1: dances that they
0: uh... Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little TikTok on LinkedIn. Oh, that's yeah. how the world is ending. If TikTok is <laughs> just like I'm out.
1: <laughs> it's only a matter of time now.
0: I'm sure it is. (laughs) Uh, We'll have to talk about it when that happens too. (laughs) Well, man, I don't know if you looked at the clock, but time has just like flown right by. This has been so much fun. Uh, I know know you get your family in the background going like, hey, what about me? And I was like, (laughs) you can can have her back. She was awesome. Man, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on here and just hanging out with me for a bit and teaching me a whole bunch of stuff.
1: No, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the point, right? If we can't have fun, then do something different. Um, Exactly. For the people listening, if you learn something, and I freaking know you did because I have two pages of notes over here, front and back. (laughs) I like ran out of space, running, running in the margins, I get percentages. If you've learned something, and there's so many takeaways here, so many things, the idea of the fear of doing the wrong thing, authenticity, the monitoring, diversity of thought at the table. Oh my gosh, so much stuff share this link, right? Share this episode with other people, um, but don't just share it. Put your thought leadership into it. And all that is, is, just put your thoughts onto it. Like, what do you think? What were your takeaways? I know what mine are. I've written them down, but like, what things did you have? Put that, LinkedIn's a great place for that. Share with eight people, 48, 960. Who cares? Just share it. You probably have more followers than Cheryl Sand- Sandberg has, so don't sweat it. Um, get, But get that thing out there. <laughs> tag myself, tag Chantel, and like, we will comment All over the place and if she comments then basically the views will go through the roof so try that (laughs) see what happens her superpowers are not to be fooled with um, (laughs) but uh, to be learned from so thank you again shut this is awesome we'll have to have you come back and talk journalism story writing and all that
1: yes I'd love to anytime
0: fantastic well for those people listening this has been the hardcore marketing show we will catch you all next time